0: All right. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thank you for joining me for the very first issue of the Awakening Innovations podcast. On this podcast, we're looking for people and ideas, innovative ideas for how to do things, (laughs) Um, mainly how to solve problems, how how to accomplish things that people have not figured out how to accomplish in the past. This will be an evolving uh, target, of course, but I'm getting started. And as they say down in the startup community, if you're not embarrassed by your first version, then you waited too long. So hopefully I'm not too embarrassed uh, by this, but just realize that things will change as we go along. And so this is Michael Barnes. I am the host of this podcast. And I, seeing as it's my podcast, I'm going to start off with a topic that I am very interested in. So right now, I'm building, it's sort of, it's going to start as an event. And then my goal is to build it into a movement. And it's starting out with the, the title of Cincinnati Hacking Homelessness. And so this is an event where we intend to get 100 people in a room for a weekend, use facilitated brainstorming or you know ways to help, and come up with innovative solutions related to homelessness. At the end of the weekend, our goal is to spin off, uh, the vision is five for-profit companies, five nonprofits, and five social ventures. Now, most of you have probably heard about homelessness in America. There are about a half million people who sleep on U.S. streets every night. Um, If you look at the stats, there are all sorts of demographic breakdowns. And my personal opinion is those are really designed to separate us. Or you could look at it positively to get certain people to be interested. So the reality is I'm interested in everybody who doesn't have a safe place to sleep. And so that's really my passion is how can we figure out how to reduce the number of people sleeping on the street? Or perhaps uh, my current working definition is we want to ensure that everyone has a safe place to sleep at night. As we move forward, we will broaden that definition. I'm certain, but basically I'm looking, how do we reduce the number of people who are not safe? Now, in a nation such as the United States with such resources, such love and compassion, and of course, religious conviction, I believe that we can do better. My purpose with this event, Cincinnati Hacking Homelessness, is to try something different than I've seen tried in the past. I actually come out of the medical community, biomedical. I was a genetic researcher for 12 years, uh, ran a genetic testing lab for a year and a half. So I've been in a lot of discussions on all sorts of problems. And what I've found is typically, you get a bunch of experts together, and they start talking. Uh, They come up with what they think are great ideas based on all sorts of data, and then they try to implement. And what often happens is, They only come up with their solutions, because every expert is an expert in one narrow field. And they also come up with solutions that maybe the population is not interested in. And so I'm really interested in in gathering the wisdom of the community, as I call it, to identify solutions related to homelessness, and then to support the, the community in implementing these solutions. I believe that this is an innovative way of going about solving problems. As I said, my vision is to gather about 100 people in a room for a weekend, uh, gather the wisdom of the community, and this includes everybody, especially those who are usually not part of this sort of a conversation. And so I intend to have or start with homeless people. The families of homeless people, people who have recently regained housing so that we can find ways to help them retain housing. And in fact, we need to look at people who are on the verge and how can we prevent them from becoming homeless in the first place. Now, that's not 100 people. And of course, we wanna have the nonprofits and the governments in the room. You know, Those are the people that everybody thinks of when I talk about homelessness. My real passion though, is to get the business community involved. I want the innovators and the entrepreneurs, the mega corporations and the small businesses. I wanna get the people with money into the room. I want the banks, the venture capitalists, the angel investors. I want those people in the room so that they can hear the ideas and help guide the ideas to develop these ideas into things that they'd be willing to fund. and I, I don't want the business community and the money people there for the reasons that they're usually there. Usually what happens is they're invited into the room, some sort of a sob story is given, and then the the nonprofits, the government people say, you know, thanks for coming to our event. And you know, our crisis x is really important now give us your money and get out okay we don't really want you we only want your money so i've got some partners in this and so i gotta say this up front uh sandy my my actually she, she's a business partner she has a lot of um she's got 25 years in nonprofits, grant writing consulting that kind of stuff i've got another partner jack who's really interested in government um So those two have those covered. My interest and passion is business. What can business do to solve these sorts of problems? And we're gonna start with homelessness, but we're not gonna end there. We're gonna keep going. As I mentioned before, my vision for the outcome of this event is to spin off five for-profit companies, five nonprofits, five social ventures. If you don't know what social ventures, you're like most people in America. Um, a social venture is a business that has a primary social purpose. People don't understand a lot of times, um, and and they don't think that business can be involved in solving these sorts of problems. You know, I'm told all the time. Well, homeless people don't have any money. How can you make any money working with them? Well, let me give you just a, a few examples. These are not related to homelessness, but just showing the business can in fact uh, make money working with populations that don't have a whole lot. So up in Columbus, Ohio, there's a company called Hot Chicken Takeover and a vaguely similar group down here in Cincinnati called Jeremiah Ministries. Both of these are for-profit companies that are looking to help people reintegrate into society after being in prison as hot chicken takeover, uh, put it when they came down to talk to us. Um, they want to help returning citizens with alternative resumes. And so they're doing this as a for-profit business. I envision a conversation. These people get around a table and say, you know, look, we want to help people are returning from prison to reintegrate. How do we do that? Well, okay, they need jobs. Well, let's go find companies and you know we'll do what all these other nonprofits do and we'll find companies that will hire people with a criminal record. And then we'll try to place one or two people. And then at some point, one bright person in the room says, yeah, you know, there are a lot of people doing that. What if we built a company that actually would hire these people directly? everyone looks at the person like they're nuts. Um, but as they talk about it, they decided to create a chicken restaurant called Hot Chicken Takeover. And they, their purpose is to help people reintegrate into society. So a large portion of their workforce is returning uh, people returning from prison. So there's one for-profit solution, Dan and Yogurt you've probably heard of them. Uh, all their, their yogurt is in all the grocery stores. At one point, they were looking at rural India, and I don't remember the full story, but they were looking at rural India, saw that the people there were obviously uh, poor, and they also had trouble with getting nutritious food. And so Dannon decided to build factories out in the rural areas of India and employ people from that area so that they can make some money nice sort of so that they could have jobs, and they also created special versions of their yogurt that were highly nutritious, had extra whatever, vitamins and minerals, and they sold that out in the rural areas to improve the health of the population, so we know that Dan Yogurt is a for-profit company. They used what they do to help the poor and the malnourished, Unilever, uh, one of the megacorps, the biggest competitor of Procter & Gamble, which you'll find out here in Cincinnati. At one point they said they wanted to help start 20,000 businesses in impoverished areas of the world. They have the clout, they have the money, they have the connections, they have the needs and resources that they can help businesses get started. And then maybe one of the first of this sort of company, Grameen Bank that was started by Muhammad Yunus, you may have heard of this. He won the Nobel Prize for economics for his concept of micro lending. Uh, as I understand it, started out with the phone ladies in third world countries. Grameen Bank would loan, you know, 50, 100 bucks to, to these women so that they could buy a cell phone in places where cell phones were not ubiquitous. And so, People would then come and pay the phone ladies so that they could call around the world, wherever they needed to call. Grameen Bank finds that I believe 98% of their loans are repaid. Any lender would be thrilled to get 98% repaid. But he had been told, you can never loan to the poor. They don't have any money. They'll never pay you back. But he proved them wrong. He was innovative and used for-profit solutions to help address an issue. And so these are the sorts of things that I'm looking to to the community to come up with uh, ideas so that we can help them, so that we can support them as they build solutions. Yes, most of those are large ones. Um, and And I got interested in this concept of business helping with society because my original interest was anti-human trafficking. I watched a YouTube uh, video of a TED Talk by a guy named Matt Friedman who runs the Saigon Club. And basically his premise is, whatever problem you have, give it to business. Because that's that's what they do, they solve problems. Many people have a problem with business, I don't. Uh, Many people have a problem with making a profit, I don't. If it's voluntary exchange, and you are meeting the need, I think it's awesome. And so Matt Friedman goes around Southeast Asia talking to companies, working to convince them that they should join in helping reduce human trafficking. And so if you can get businesses on board to do this, they can do such fantastic work. And so, you know, what solutions could we come up with Related to homelessness, uh, there was a there was an idea that I heard about of putting dental clinics in hospitals. Now, how does that help the homeless? So, homeless people, people without insurance, people in poverty in the U.S. often go to emergency rooms for dental problems because they don't have dental insurance, and so the the people in the ER aren't dentists. You know, they they hand out um, antibiotics and painkillers, and that's the best that they can do. But what if you put a dental clinic into the ER? Then you could help the the people who come into the ER and actually solve their problems. So this would be an example of helping the people who are homeless. Yes, it's it's helping make their experience while they're living on the streets or in shelters more, uh, better, but it also reduces the cost because ER visits are very expensive. And so if that, if the money from the ER visits could be reallocated, that would be a benefit as well. What if you could put, uh, <laughs> this is actually significantly, uh, th- this next idea is perhaps even more innovative and would require more discussions. But what if you could put those into schools? And even more, what if you could put services located near schools? Um, and what if you could add a, poli- a police station to the mix? So just think about it. You have a school with a police station. Right now in the US, there's this whole thing about school shootings. What if you had police literally right there? What if you also had services, uh, human services, right at the schools? A lot of kids are experiencing all sorts of issues, including homelessness. The families are experiencing all sorts of problems, including homelessness. What if the school became the actual center of the community? and? And many of the services that people needed could be accessed right at the school or the building next door what if what if you know if what if there was a job placement agency right next door to the school? What if there was a medical clinic as part of the school so that they could take care of the kids while they're at school, take care of the family members. It would disperse where medical treatment could be obtained, and people would be more, perhaps more likely to go seeking medical treatment, which would have all sorts of positive benefits for them and society. It would also help the homeless know where they could go and get the support that they needed. What, what if we built a community of tiny houses? Many of you may have heard this whole trend of people looking for tiny houses. And what if we built it as a community and people who are homeless could use this, I don't know, for a year or two and transition back into home ownership. And in this community, we have some sort of a, a center where the services that they need are again provided. What if there was a place in the center of this community where they could build businesses, they could get training and there was space where they could start a business, an incubator, an accelerator so that they could, those who are interested in building businesses or entrepreneurship would have a way to make money after they regain housing so that they can retain their housing. Of course, many people would prefer job training or um, interview skills training or whatnot, and that would be provided as well. One of our megacorps here in Cincinnati is called Kroger, and they have a uh, a program right now, no waste, no hunger. You know what is the mega corporation that we can find who will commit to no homelessness? Might it be Drees? Might it be Turner Construction? Uh I heard this week that Facebook is pledging a billion dollars to help with the high high cost of housing out in the area where they are. So who could we get to commit to no homelessness? And what are the ideas that no one has thought of yet? There are, I guarantee that there are millions of ideas out there and you know, my question is, how can we harness and utilize the wisdom of the community to address this and seeming, and other seemingly intractable problems? I believe the answers are already out there. We simply need to ask. We need to gather the answers and then support people to implement the solutions that they want to implement and that people experience in, in this particular case homelessness that they would take advantage of. I believe that using the wisdom of the community is how we'll build a better world. So that is the program or the project or the event, however you want to look at it. Because as I mentioned, I don't intend to stop with Cincinnati hacking homelessness. I intend to go to multiple cities and do this. I intend to change the focus in the future. And so my goal is to develop a strategy where we collect the wisdom of the community, we get the support of the community for new innovative ideas, and then support for implementing these ideas. So I hope that this has been an interesting uh, use of your time, a valuable use of your time. I hope that this will help you to think differently, and I hope that it will um, help you to to view intractable problems as, as tractable. I don't even know if that's a word, but what people think can't be solved, I believe can be solved. And I believe that we just need to do it. So if this is of interest, check out down below, I'll have a link to our website. It's CincinnatiHackingHomelessness.com love to have you join us. Maybe you want to participate. Maybe you want to give ideas and advice. I'd love to hear from you or feel free to message me. Uh, my email address is mbarns 4321 at gmail.com. So, and I look forward to hearing from you and I look forward to hosting additional podcasts in the future. I've got four great innovative people lined up. i will be talking to in the next, actually they're all scheduled for next week. And so we'll be uh, putting those out in the coming weeks. And I look forward to hearing from you and hearing from those of you who have cool, innovative ideas on how to change the world, change it for the better. How can we all work together to make things better? So this is Michael Barnes. I am the host of this podcast, Awakening Innovations. Thank you very much, and I look forward to joining you again next time.